Good evening, Hoylake Evangelical Church. It's such a blessing to be able to be with you all again this evening and to just jump into God's Word again. I pray that this evening is both edifying to you as well as glorifying to our Lord. If you notice, I'm not in my normal background. Uh, this past weekend, I moved back home to Detroit from Chicago after graduating from Moody just a couple of weeks ago. So I ask that um, as you guys are praying tonight, if you could keep me in your prayers as I transition back into my hometown and start fundraising full time so I can join you guys this upcoming September. I am uh, so thankful for you. I'm so excited to jump into the Lord's word together. So if you have your Bibles with you, please join me in Psalm chapter 1. So if you open up to the middle of your Bibles, chances are that you will be in the book of Psalms. So once you get there, turn all the way to the beginning to Psalm chapter 1. The text of Psalm chapter 1 reads like this. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law he meditates day and night. He is like a tree planted by streams of water that yields its fruit in its season, and its leaf does not wither. In all that he does, he prospers. The wicked are not so, but are like chaff that the wind drives away. Therefore the wicked will not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord knows the way of the righteous, but the ways of the wicked will perish. So Psalm 1, as we just read, is an introduction to the entire book of Psalms. If you were to look inside of Psalter, back in the Middle Ages, you would find this psalm written on the inside cover. This is because back then Psalm 1 was understood to be an introduction to the entire book of Psalms. This is because the content of Psalm chapter 1 encourages the reader to meditate on God's word and find life in it, affirming that we, how we as Christians need to respond to this revelation. The psalm that we just read is also described as a wisdom psalm, highlighting the two different ways that we can live life, either under righteousness or under wickedness. So as we study this text, let us look at the psalm together as an exhortation, as a positive command, that we should be seeking to walk in God's way rather than in the ways of the wicked. The first section of this psalm briefly talks about and describes these two ways of living. Verses 1 and 2 uh, begin with the ways of the wicked. We see three different descriptions given to given about these wicked people. The first description we see is simply that of a person who is wicked. We can understand that to most likely mean someone who has been declared guilty in a court of law. This is where that Hebrew word comes from. And so if this person were to be brought to, jo to trial to see if they were righteous in any way, the judge would declare them unrighteous. The second term that we run into is the term sinners. 
the emphasis uh, of this word sinners is more on the entire lifestyle of a person rather than just one isolated incident of sin. Instead, this is someone whose entire lifestyle has been shaped by sin. It has come into their mind and it has made them, it has completely taken them over. Their thoughts are not on righteous things, but instead are shaped by sin. And it impacts their entire thought process. And finally, the third term that we see is scoffer, or as the NIV uses, a mocker. This person has become so enveloped by their sin that they not only love their sin, but they mock anybody who tries to walk down the path of righteousness. So we see these three stages of wickedness, each progressively getting worse than the one before it. And we see that this is what humanity is like without God. But we praise God because this is not our only way of living. Instead, God offers us the path of righteousness to those who profess Christ as their Savior. This is where we see the righteous man in Psalm 1. In verse 1, we see that this man is blessed because he does not associate with these sinners. He doesn't associate with the wicked, the sinner, or the scoffer. Instead, the righteous person finds delight in God's word. He, and he holds and cleaves tightly to the scriptures. Instead of seeking direction in his life from the sinner, from the scoffer, or from the wicked, he seeks it from God. He doesn't go and approach somebody who despises God, but seeks that wisdom from God himself. And on that wisdom, on those scriptures, he meditates day and night. He's constantly meditating on those words. So we then as Christians, as we are reading this, need to examine our own lives and compare it to this psalm. Are we looking at these wicked people? Are we looking like them? Are we hardening our hearts towards righteousness and embracing habits of sin? Or are we instead seeking to dive into God's word and grow closer to him? Thankfully for us, we don't have to wait to see what the fruits of this type of living is. We don't have to go into this blindly seeing and knowing which way will end up better because the psalm answers us answers that question for us. Verses 3 and 4 being the details of those lifestyle. We can see immediately that the righteous person is compared to a tree that is planted by streams of water showing its health by the wielding of fruit and its unwithering leaves. This righteous person flourishes because they are following God. This isn't a coincidence either. This tree has been planted purposefully by the streams of water. It wasn't something that just happened by, by, by circumstance. It was purposefully planted by God so that this tree could flourish. Now, the wicked, on the other hand, are not described in this way, but are instead described as chaff 
the wind blows away. For those of you who don't know what chaff is, and I'll be honest, I didn't know either before studying this passage, chaff is the husks of either corn or another seed that is separated by winnowing or threshing. So this husk is useless to the person who is trying to consume the seed or this fruit. It is useless and forgettable, and it only gets in the way of man. This psalm describes the wicked person as chaff, but the wind blows away, never to be seen again. The psalmist then concludes this passage in verses 5 and 6, laying out a choice that us as humans, as man, needs to look over and make the decision for ourselves. The psalmist clearly lays out the ending, the ending circumstance for both of these lifestyles. He says that the way of the wicked will perish. They will fade away as they will not be able to stand with the righteous. The wicked path is one that is set toward destruction. While the righteous, on the other hand, are known intimately by God. The Lord watches over the ways of the righteous and knows this path well because he himself walks down this path. The choice then is simple. Will you choose the path of wickedness without God and walk away from the Lord? Or will you choose to dive deeper into God's arms, seeking him at every turn? We as Christians living in the modern day need to think about this choice and how we are making our own life decisions. Are we making our decisions in thinking about how we can honor God and how they are deeply rooted in the scriptures? Or are we finding life advice from things like social media, from Twitter, from Facebook, from TikTok? Or are we living in a way that secular culture says is good, that secular culture encourages us to fall into, to to dive deeper in? Are we living in a way that culture would affirm or that the Lord would affirm? Church, this evening, I would like to encourage you to do a self-evaluation. Look through your life and find what what the biggest influences on your lifestyle are. And I want to encourage you, church, if these influences are not Christian, are not soaked in Scripture, then completely uproot yourself from this and root yourself into the Scriptures, into these streams of water described in this psalm, so that you may flourish, so that all your ways may prosper, so that you may see what true fruit looks like. So church, as we pray tonight, let us pray that we as the church can be rooted inside of God's word. Let us pray for our brothers and sisters who still hold on to the things of this world, that they may put these influences in their rightful place and instead choose to follow God. 
Let us also pray for conviction inside of our own lives. If there is any unholy influence, let us pray that the Holy Spirit will convict us of these influences, will reveal the sin of, inside of us, so that we may throw it to the side and run solely to Christ alone for our righteousness and for our redemption from these sins. Church, seek Christ above all. Do not look to, to the world for influence, but look to the cross, for that is what and where true redemption comes from. Let us pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for another glorious opportunity to gather together and hear from your scriptures. We pray, Lord, that these scriptures will only continue to take root deeper inside of our hearts. Let us cling to your scriptures so that we may be like trees planted by streams of water, producing fruit for your glory alone. We ask you, God, to reveal any unholy influences inside of our lives so that we may turn away from them and focus solely on you. Lord, please continue to guide us as we walk down your straight and narrow path towards your glory. Continue to be with us. Continue to correct us as you are our shepherd. Lord, be with us. Show us your glory and show us your righteousness. Lord, we love you. And in Christ's name we pray. Amen.